waiting for you where you're at, what you're doing. I'm just waiting for you. Just make that choice. I just, I feel like God is, the Spirit is moving right now. The Holy Spirit's moving and, and God's just wanting to do something unique in each one of us. He want, We're uniquely different but we're uniquely the same because we have been made in his image he is our creator he's our father he's filled us with his spirit i believe god just wants to do something unique in each one of our lives something that is going to change the way that we look at him the way we see him the way that we we operate in our understanding of Him. But God is trying to do something through us. God is just... I believe that God... God is doing something in this group of people, in this town, in this area, that is uniquely different than any other move of God, any other... Um, any other time, any other season, I believe it's specifically for us that God is trying to do something unique in us. No no body, uh, no other body looks the same. No other body is going to operate the same. No other body is going to have the same goal, uh, or I'm sorry, same vision, same understanding. We all have the same goal. This, the goal is, is to, to bring people into the kingdom, to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But I believe God is trying to do something uniquely different through us and unique in each one of us. But so many times we get in, we, we want to God to do something great in us. We want something great, God to do something great in us. But we want it to look a certain way. I think so many times we want God to operate a certain way because we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. We don't want to look like we have no clue what we're doing. We want to look like we have it all together. We want to look like we're put together. We want to look smart and not dumb. We want to look wise and not foolish. But God uses foolish people to confound the wise. He will use people who don't look qualified, who don't look ready to serve, ready to be part of what he's doing, and he will use them, and people will look and go, aren't these just ordinary fishermen? Aren't these just ordinary people who live in this city? And God wants to do something in us, but we want it to look a certain way, we want it to feel a certain way, we want it to, to be in a certain uh, certain timing, in a certain season. And God's like, you know what, I, I can do all that in that time that you want, but I'm trying to do something in you, not for you. God is, when God does something in us, it, 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 it covers everything. He, he's not there to, to call up and say, hey, I need this now. And he's not an errand boy. God is not our errand boy that we can just call up and say, hey, I want it this way, this way, and this way. It's not Burger King. 
You know, we can't call God and say, okay, God, I need a financial increase, but I want it in all small unmarked bills, and I want to make sure that I have, don't have to file for my tax income for it. But God's like, I don't operate that way. I'm not just going to drop a bag of money out of heaven for you. God says, I'm going to give you opportunities to move to be able to do that. I'm going to give you new job opportunities, career opportunities, and we want God to operate a certain way. Like, God, just give me small unmarked bills so I don't have to file income tax, and then I can go and I can spend it all on what I want to spend it on. God's like, no, I don't operate that way. I'm going to operate in the natural. God, God set in laws of seed time and harvest. And there's times in our lives that we have to sow seed and wait. Sometimes we have to wait a little bit longer, and sometimes we have to wait a lot longer. But God says if you sow that seed, you are going to gain a harvest out of it. So what we want God to do is, God, I just sowed the seed. We want God to like pour you know, instant miracle grow on it and it to, to, to shoot up instantly, but we don't, we don't have that ability to, to dictate what he does. We limit God by our small thinking. We limit God by the way that we would do it. We limit God on the way that we want to do it and the way that, or excuse me, and when we would do it. We, we tend to kind of like, you know, hey God, come on, let's go. I want to do it now. We try, to, we try to like sweet talk him or kind of bully him into it sometimes. And I think God's saying, you know what, I'm going to do something, but you don't know what it is, how it's going to happen, and when it's going to happen. So trust me to take care of it. We have a four-dimensional God that operates outside of our small three-dimensional thinking. Our God is not a 3D God where he just goes, okay, I can grab this glass of water and take a drink. Mm, That's good water. Um, God doesn't operate in our three-dimensional mind. He is, you know, when we, we think 360, we think, okay, I can see everything, I can grab everything. God operates higher, lower, in between. And he doesn't operate the way that we would think that he's going to operate. Our, our mindset cannot wrap around how God's mind is. We cannot ever understand how God is going to move and how God is going to do it. He's going to reveal things to us and say, I want you to do this. And as a, as a direct result of us having obedience to God and saying, okay, God, you asked me to do this, something will break loose. Something will, I'm hearing myself there, wow. Um, something will, will start to happen. But we have to be very, very, obedient to him and say, okay, God, I'm willing to do whatever you ask, whenever, whenever season I'm in, how, however I feel weird about this, I'm willing to do what you're asking me to do, even though I may look like a fool, I may look like I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what, some of the biggest moves of God and the biggest revivals have happened because people don't have no clue what they're doing and they're willing and open and God says, do this, and they're like, okay. But we like, well, no, God, it has to look this way, I have to have at least 50 seats, and I have to have at least 100 people, and I have to have this, and I have to have this, and I have to have all this. And God's like, no, I asked you to do this. And so many of us are like, well, no, it has to be a certain way, God. And God's just like, I've asked you to do this, just do it. And so when we are asked by, of God to do something, He doesn't care how we look. He doesn't care how, what people are going to think about us. But we do. We're so concerned about what people think about us. Oh, I don't want anybody to think bad about me. That mindset is dangerous because what happens is, is then we end up pleasing man. Yes. My only concern is what God thinks of me. Yes. 
if, I, if I'm operating the way that God wants me to, I'm living the way that God wants me to live, and I'm, I have a relationship with Him, the rest will fall into line because my mode of operation, my, my love, my peace, my joy, people will see that and they will say, you know what? I don't know what it is about this person, but they love God. And they're going to follow suit. So what happens is, is if I'm so concerned about what man's going to think about what God is asking me to do, whose approval do I need? Whose approval do I need to go do the work of the ministry? Whose approval do I need to start something that God has asked us to start? Do we have to go to man and say, well, you know, God asked me to do this. Should I do this? I imagine Noah, you know, he's on earth, he's got doing his thing and he's farming whatever he's doing and then God's like, hey, I want you to build an ark. He's like, what was that? What's an ark? Hey, it hasn't rained. What's rain? Um, It's going to flood. What's a flood? Um, I want you to build a boat. Um, What's a boat? How do I build a boat? Nobody's ever built a boat before. And people thought he was crazy. They're mocking him. They're laughing at him. They're calling him every possible thing you can think of. But God is moving in Noah something that is completely crazy, something that is completely wacky to the normal mind, to the the non-four-dimensional mind that we have. God sees everything. He sees up, down, left, right, where we can only see a few directions. We get tunnel vision. God says, I don't have tunnel vision. I have widescreen. I see everything that is going on. I see everything that is to come, everything that was in the past, and I see what's, what's going to happen. So when Noah's asked to build this ark, God's like, hey, I want you to build an ark, and I want you to build it out of, um, you know, this kind of tree and put tar on it. And he's like, uh, yeah, okay. So we get, we get that mindset. God's like, oh, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Well, Okay. Uh, let me go talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Let me go see if this is if this is your will. And then don't get me wrong, you need to have good counsel. You need to have people in your life that will say, "Nope, that that was that was a little bit of a miss." I, I don't believe that's correct, or maybe you know it's not the timing for that. But God says, when I ask somebody to do it, do it. God asked Moses to do something crazy. Hey, take your brother, take a stick. And go talk to Pharaoh. And then I'm going to have your brother throw a stick down and it's going to turn into a snake. And and Moses is like, why am I a part of this? Because it seems like Aaron's doing everything. He's got the stick. He's going to throw the stick down. He's going to pick the stick up. And I'm supposed to say, let my people go. Can't he do that by himself? You know, we, we think about that. And think about that. You're going before the most powerful man in the known world who has the ability just to kill you on the spot, could have killed him on the spot, and God asked him to do something crazy. Our present understanding of God is not enough for today, and it's not enough for tomorrow. Our understanding of God is not going to sustain us a week from now. If we rely upon our understanding of God that we know as of at this moment, tomorrow, it's not good enough. It's not enough to continue to understand him. We, we rely on the, old, the, the Bible stories. Well, I know this Bible story, and I know this Bible story, and I know this scripture. But God's like, I'm not about just my scripture. I'm about, my, about an experience, about a, uh, a presence with me, about the relationship with me, 
about spending time with me, about an experience with me that's fresh every day. So when God asks us to do something, we're like, well, that, that just, that's not how they normally do it, God. They don't normally just do that. Well, God's like, well, this is how I'm asking you to do it. You know, so many times we try to justify ways that, that it wouldn't work to God, and God's like, no, it'll work. And we're like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know. I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. Um, I've done this a few times. You know, I've been in the ministry a while. I, I know. And, but we get so comfortable in how we expect God to move and how we see God move that we're like, yeah, that doesn't quite fit into my box of, of not understanding you even more, God. Um, here's my box of understanding, God, and it's about this big. And here's my box of not understanding you, God, and it's this big. So I'm just going to stick with the small box because it's easier to contain and easier to control and easier to understand what you're doing. And anything that's in this box, I'm just going to avoid this box because this little box is easier to maintain and easier to carry. I like my little God box because I know everything that's in it and I see how God moves and I'm just going to keep doing the same old things and the same old things and expect you to move, God. And when you don't move, I'm going to ask why, but I'm going to still hold on to my box. My little box of understanding doesn't compare to the giant box, to the vast open area of not understanding God. Because when we don't understand what God is doing, He's saying, hey, it's time for you to get a revelation. It's time for you to get, spend time with me, get a, a fresh revelation of what is going on. So our present understanding of God today doesn't work two weeks from now. It doesn't work three weeks from now. We need a present and fresh revelation of what God is doing in our life today because without it, where are we? We're walking in the past. And God says, I don't live in the past. We celebrate what happened in the past. And we, but God's saying, don't operate in the past. Because your past experiences with me aren't going to be your current experiences with me. They may look similar, but they're not. Because they're brand new, they're fresh, and they're going to be a different type, a different style of what God is doing. So, how many of you guys know me? You guys know me? All, pretty, you guys, most of you know me pretty well. Some of you do. Most of you do. I don't know. Half of you do. Whatever. Okay. What's my birthday? What was that, Jordan? Yes, Jordan knows me well. All right, what's my favorite color? Man, you guys suck. Jade, yeah, there we go. What's my favorite food? Cody was the closest, Mexican food. There we go. You guys are doing okay. Who's my wife? All right, you guys know my wife. Okay, what's my favorite scripture? Yeah, Jordan got it first, but you guys were good too. So you guys are familiar with me. You guys know most of the details that I've asked you about this. We get used to people. We, you know, we, can, we know people's habits. We know people's routines. We know their birthdays. We know their favorite food. We know different things like that. So we get accustomed to it. We get accustomed to being familiar with things. You guys are familiar with me. A lot, some of you have been around for you know, at least six, seven years. You guys know me pretty well. But what happens is, is when God changes something in somebody, people go, who is this person? Well, I don't understand. Why is this person acting this way? We get so familiar with somebody that we kind of, when God does something new, we're like, I 
what 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 went on. My little box is is here and it doesn't fit into that box and I'm not quite sure why this is all happening or what's going on. But we become familiar with it. We become familiar with a person, a lifestyle, a, a um, the way God operates. And we, okay, well, it doesn't quite make sense, so it's scary. This outside of my God box thinking is scary, and how God moves is not on the normal, you know, five, ten years that he's moved in my life. So this is, I don't quite understand this. And, you know, sometimes we demonize things that are scary to us, even though they're not wrong. We see a move of God, and we're like, oh, that's wrong. Nope. We see God, we see a person doing something, we're like, nope, that's not right. Because we're not sure if it's right, because we have an understanding. We have to expand that understanding. We have, to, we have to look at God and say, you know what? Everything that we need to know about God is in here. But to experience Him on a greater level, to understand Him, to understand His heart, to understand His mode of operation, let me just put it this way. God's going to operate in certain standards. He sets certain rules into play, and then that's how it is. But God's going to do fresh things that are always going to be outside of our thought of His mode of operation. God doesn't always say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. God's not always going to reveal his plan to Satan. God just doesn't come out to the earth and say, in five years, I'm coming back. He, does, he doesn't do that. God doesn't come out and say, in this year, this church will be planted this, this, and this, and this. And everybody knows what's going on. God works in unique, particular ways within each person. So we get familiar with things. You're familiar with my life. We get used to and try to predict or sway or suggest that God do things a certain way in our lives. Okay, God, I need financial breakthrough. Now, give me that bag of money. Let it fall off the back of an armored truck, you know. Make sure there's no dye pack in it because I don't want to have to worry about it. You know, and make sure so I don't have to wash it. Um, and so we, we're like, okay, God, you operated this way. You know, it, it'd be like this. Okay, you're, you're going through a financial struggle. You're like, God, I just need, God, I know that you're going to take care of me. I know that your word says that you will bless me. I know that you're a good father. And someone just comes up to you and says, hey, I want to take care of this bill for you. Or they just hand you, do the good old Pentecostal handshake and, you know, drop a 20 in your hand on on the way out of church or something like that. But five years later, something comes up and you're like, God, I need that Pentecostal handshake again. And God is like, "Mm, it's not how I'm going to do it this time. God doesn't always, God's, the result is always the same. God's always going to provide for us. God's always going to take care of our needs. But what happens is, is his mode of operation changes. So what he does is he does it another way. Instead of someone handing you money in a good old Pentecostal handshake, he gives you opportunity to work more or he gives you opportunity to advance where you're at. So God is always going to provide, but he's not going to off operate the way he did five years ago or ten years ago. He's going to operate different. He's going to give you different opportunities to receive from him. So we have to be able to be willing to think outside of our little box of the way God should operate and say, okay, God, however you want me to receive from you, however you want me to experience your love, uh, experience your uh, love in my life, I'm going to expect something new. So we get used to people doing things a certain way. We get people, you know, I used to throw mercy for a loop because I used to always change things up. And she'd be like, you changed it. I'm like, I know. 
And she's, she, it was like a couple years ago. She's finally just gotten used to it because she knows that Sarah and I will change things up all the time because for her, it'd be like, oh, you're going to do it now? Like we would do like offering at the end or worship or, or pray, not pray. She's like, you didn't pray. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay, Mercy. You don't have to worry about it. We're, we don't have to pray right now. It's okay. We'll pray at the end. She's like, oh. I'm like, it's okay. But she's learned to grow from that because we've changed up the way we do things. She's adapted to it and learned how to adapt to whatever comes. So if you guys look at Mark 6, we're going to start out in the first verse. We're going to read a couple verses here. Mark 6. And then Jesus went out there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And a man hearing him, excuse me, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? And then they said, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us, so they were offended by him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without, without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives in his own house. Now he could not do no mighty work there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went out about the villages in a circuit teaching. But what does it say? Familiarity kept Jesus from operating in his town. Oh, that's just Mercedes. Or that's just whoever. That's just Matt and Sarah. That's just Jordan. That's just Eric Rosenberg. He's the guy that owns the hardware store. That's just this person. So people get familiar with the way things and who people are. And when they don't operate inside of that mode of, who is this person? They're different. I don't understand. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't look like them two years ago, five years ago, whatever. It's just that person. They, they place a, a, a general stigma on you that this is how you're supposed to act and this is how you're supposed to be. And you'll never grow past the, the, the point of this. It's like people I know, um, I saw this guy in the store, and last time I saw his son, his son was like 14. I'm like, hey, how's he doing now? Yeah, he's 22. I'm like, holy crap, I keep seeing him as that tall. And, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah. We, we capture things in our minds, and we say, this is how this person should be. We don't see him for 10 years or whatever, and their kid is, you know, this tall now, and he's full-time job and, and things like that. And it's like, okay makes you think about how we perceive God. We see God as doing it a certain way, and God's like, mm, I'm up here now, not down here. I, I'm at a different level and a different operating level than what I was before. So familiarity is what keeps us from experiencing God and experiencing what He is doing and His calling in our life because we're, we're expecting Him to do something. God's like, I want you to do this. And you're like, that sounds really weird, God. And you know you've had that conversation with God where you're whispering and you're like, God, why are you asking me to do this? Because this is so weird. And, and God's like, why are you whispering? I can hear you. And, and we're, we're talking to God and he's just like, I want you to do this. And you're like, or I'm asking, you feel a, 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 a urge to do that. And God's like, and you're like, I don't think I should do this. 
because it just seems weird. And God's like, yeah, it's weird that we're having this conversation because you know I've asked you to do this. So why are we having this conversation when you know I've asked you to do this, but you're still thinking, God, why are we talking this way? And why am I whispering so nobody will hear what I'm talking about? And it's like, God's like, I've asked you to do it. You know it's me asking you to do it. So why are you afraid to do it? Because it blows our little three-dimensional minds and God's like, I'm four-dimensional, guess what? I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere you're not. I'm everywhere you are. And I'm everywhere that you want to be. Isn't that a calling card? I think that's a MasterCard. Um, anyway. So, are we so familiar with God and his operations that we're actually missing him moving in our life. God's saying, I want to do this in, in, your, in your life. I want to do this in this town. I want to do this in the, through this church. And are we so familiar with it? God's like, it's right there. And you're like, la, 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 not what I want to do. La, la, la. It's like, you know, you give the kids like three jobs to do and they're like, okay, you got to pick a chore. And you're like, this, this, and this. And they're like, What's the easiest? Uh, my kids are notorious for this. The easiest horse to water is the mini, because the mini doesn't isn't blind as a bat. Actually, I think he has a little vision left. Um, and the, we have two horses: Ashes, who's almost completely blind or completely blind, and we have the mini, who's a stink pot. And um, my youngest, who will remain nameless, um, <laughs> likes to water the mini because all she has to do is carry the bucket out there and drop it, and that's it. But, because you don't have to worry about untangling anything and the mini won't kick over the bucket. But with the big one, Ashes, you have to take the bucket out, let him drink, stand out there, let him drink, wait until he's done, double check again, make sure until he, you know, nudges the bucket away, and then come back in. So we get in that mindset of, oh, I want the easy one, and this is, this is so easy because all I have to do is God has just set it here, and God's like, I'm asking you to stand there and hold it for a while. I'm asking you to hold the bucket for a while because it's not what you want to do, it's something I'm asking you to do. It may not be easy, but it, in the long run, it's more profitable for you. So we get so familiar with the way God operates that we try to... God's like, I want you to do this. And you're like, I'm going to do it like I did that. And God's like, nope, i got a whole new plan for you. I've got a whole new operation for you, and I'm going to change it so you don't have to, you're not going to operate the way you did. You're like, God's like, I want you to witness that person. Well, I'm just going to go up and ask them if they know Jesus. God's like, no. I want you to just carry on a conversation with them. Or God's like, hey, I need you to go do this. And you're like, well, I'll just do it this way. I think this is probably the best way because I did this about five years ago. And God's like, no. I found that in the past I was dumb. In the future I'm smarter. And right now I'm really good. But um, you, we look back and we're like, man, I was dumb back then. You know, we look back and we're like, five years ago, you're like, I said that. I lived that way. I did that. Or we're like 10 years ago, and you're like, I was such a moron. It's like, what was I doing? You know? Or we're like, you know what? You know, we, we have kids, and we watch them grow, and I'm, uh, you know, I, like Lana, she's nine, and I'm like, and I'm like, weren't you just a little baby? I'm like, I was sitting in the car with her yesterday. I'm like, you can't grow anything above this height. She was sitting in the seat. I'm like, you can't grow. Well, Dad, I'm like, and Layla said, I said, I said, next year you're going to be 12. She's like, no, I'll be 13. I said, no, you're going to be 12 again. 
And she's like, no, I won't. I said, yes, you're staying 12 forever. And so, you know, we try to hold on to those, those things that are comfortable to us. And we try to hold on to those things that, that stay, we want to stay the same. But God's like, I'm not the same. Today, I'm going to, well, I'm sorry. God is the same as he always is. He never changes. But the way he's going to operate in us never is the same. He's going to do something fresh in us. And he's going to do something anointed in us. And it's going to be different every time we come to him and receive from him. Isaiah 43. I talked about this a couple weeks or a couple months ago. But I want to, I'm going to throw a, a um, roadblock in the way of Ray's translation um, thing. So I'm going to read you two different translations. I'm, not going to, I'm going to read it for you this way. It says, it's Isaiah 43, 19. It says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun it. Do you not see it? The other translation says, watch closely, I'm preparing something new. It's happening now, even as I speak, and you're about to see it. So it's a little variation of translation. It says, don't you see it? And then the other one says, you're about to see it. But that, that kind of, that, that reminds me of us as humans. We're like, oh, I don't see it, God. And God's like, and then the other one is God's like, hey, you're about to see it. And, and then the other time we're like, huh, where, huh, you yeah. know. It's like my oldest standing in front of the TV. You know, we're all watching TV, and she just kind of stands in front of the TV. Hey, move. 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 Layla! What? Move. Oh, okay. Moves out in front of the TV. If you've ever been to our house, you've experienced that at least once or ten times in a night. Um, I think we just need to mount our TV higher up on the wall so we can see over her. But... God says, I'm going to do something new. I'm Watch closely. I'm preparing something new in you. I'm preparing something new corporately. I'm preparing something that is going to change the way people look at you, the way they look at, the way God operates, the way they, they think of church, the way they think of God moving, the way they think that, that healing should happen. God says, I'm going to operate different. I'm going to throw a little monkey wrench in their idea I'm going to put something else in their God box that doesn't quite fit in, but it's going to work. How many of you guys know that everything that God does, He does it successfully? We don't do everything successfully. God never fails in what He does. The only time we will fail in serving God is when we start to do it on our own power, out of our own mind, and out of our own understanding. says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't say, well, you know, this brick wall is how we've done it for years and we're going to stick with this brick wall. God's like, no, I have a new way to put up a brick wall. I have a new way to build something. I have a new way to change something. I have a new way to change you. But we've got to quit being familiar with it. The kingdom of God is always advancing, always growing, always taking more ground, always taking more territory, and we are just following him. He is the, the leader. He is the one we, we look to. Jesus goes before us, and he, and, but we're taking more ground. God's always doing something in somewhere, in someone, in somewhere in the earth. Our job is to be open to receive how he's going to do that in us. 
Don't get accustomed to God working a certain way in your life. Don't get accustomed to doing something in your life the same way. God's like, I want to change things in you. That way, you don't do it a certain way. He's going to change personal things in our life. He's going to change private things. He's going to change things. And he's like, I'm just going to change things in you. But you've got to be open to me and be able to receive from me so I can do this in you. You know, when God's like, I'm giving you an opportunity. Take it, seize it, and enjoy what I'm giving you. Jesus was ministering in his own town, but the town was so familiar with him that they missed a moment of significance. They missed a moment that would have changed the town forever. That many people would have been healed, many people would have, would have been saved, that would have come into the kingdom. But they were like, oh, it's just Jesus. He's that kid. Remember him and his brothers running around? You know, that little kid. His dad was the carpenter. It's just Jesus. They didn't see him as God. They didn't see him because they were so familiar. Oh, it's just this. They didn't see that God could do something significant in him. They just thought, oh, it's just Jesus. If we want to, God to move greatly in our lives, in our families, in our towns, He needs to be able to move greatly in us. If we don't allow Him to move greatly in us, He's not going to move greatly through us. It, it really comes to surrender. Say, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to change in my life, I'm going to change. Because it's all about submission to Him. Him as the king, saying, you know, I submit myself to you, Jesus. I submit myself to you, God, because I know that you know more than me. You're smarter than me. You're bigger than me. But you love me. And you're going to take care of me. You're going to give me wisdom. And you're going to do something incredible in me so I can do something incredible through me. So what's going to happen is, is God says, you know, I want you to change this in your life. How many of you guys have ever had that? Oh, come on. Everybody raise their hand. <laughs> Those who haven't, whatever. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> yeah. You might need some counseling after this. Um, but God says, you know what? If you allow me to do something in you, if you allow me to change the way you think about everything, if you allow me to change the way you think about me, family, work, parent, being a parent, Anything, if you allow me to change your heart and change your mind, I'm going to do something amazing through you for my kingdom. The cool thing about this is when we do allow God to work in us and we allow God to do something through us, even if it isn't directly for us, we still benefit from it. Because what do we do? If God says, you know what, I'm going to change this in you. I'm asking you to give this up. I'm asking you to do this. And And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to surrender that to you. I'm going to give that to you. And God's like, I'm going to do something amazing through you for my kingdom. What have we done? We've surrendered ourselves, and he's like, I'm giving you seed to sow for my kingdom. Instead of wrapping our heads around God, we should ask him for something that is unorthodox and not ordinary. We should ask God for something that is unique. God, give me a unique revelation of you. God, give me a unique experience with you in in our quiet time with God or when we're reading our devotions or or whatever it is or when we're worshiping with God. How many of you guys know that um, 
when we spend those moments with God, whether it's in worship, uh, you know, quiet time or devotional, or even just to reading His Word, that God can do something incredible in you. There's been, there's been many times where God is like, you know, I've been driving down the road, and God's almost bringing me to tears because He's do, not even so much doing something um, in me, but He's revealing Himself to me. And so what happens is when God reveals Himself to me, it changes something inside of me. So what happens is when God reveals Himself to me, it changes something inside of me so I can release something into the kingdom from His kingdom. So when we try to wrap our heads around God, we're like, oh God, this is how you operate and this is how you're going to do it and I want you to change this in me and I want to give it up and I want to do this and you're going to help me do this and God's like, eh, i got plans for you. Um, you may not like them. If you submit to me, you'll learn to like them. But what happens is, is when God asks us to do something or when, um, when God has something for us and we're not in full submission to God, we, we fight it. We say, oh, God, I don't know. know. God, I'm going to pray about it. Hold on, God. I'm going to pray about it, and then I'll let you know my answer. And how dumb, I mean, really, how dumb is that when we we think about this? You know, we get this understanding. God's like, well, I just got this for you. Let me pray about that. He's like, who are you going to pray to? Who are you going to pray to? It's... So, but think about it. That's how stupid we get sometimes. And as human beings, we get dumb. I mean, and just stupid dumb sometimes. And we're just like, God's like, I want you to do this. And you're like, well, I don't know. Wouldn't be prudent right now. And then God's like, no, I want you to do this in six months. Well, you know, I might be busy in six months. But we're like, oh, well, God, let me pray about it a little bit more. And then talk to somebody else. And then I'll come back to you with my answer. And God's like, never mind. Uh, he's just like, you know what? I think there's a point where God says to, um, God has a conversation with us and we're talking to God and he's finally like, really? Really? You're just going to, yeah, really? Yeah, he just, he doesn't, he, God is never speechless, but he just sometimes probably stares at us and goes, really? And what are you thinking about right now? Like, I'm asking you to do something, and what are, you th- what are you thinking right now? He knows what we're thinking, but he's like, you know, I know I didn't put this stupid in you. But God's like, I'm asking you to do this. You know I'm asking you to do this, but it doesn't fit inside my, or excuse me, it doesn't fit inside your box of, oh God, this is the experience I want to have with you. You know, I want to have. A, I want to go to church. I want to worship for five songs. I want to lay my hands and do this. And I want to do this. And I want to do this. I want to do this. And by the time I've, ja- I've pretty much jazzercised, by the time I've got done worshiping, because I've done every hand motion, you go this, 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 this. You know, then, and God's like, I want to do something in you, but you're so busy going through the motions of things. You're so busy putting me in the box of how, he, uh, how you're going to experience, but there was, he's like, two songs ago, I was going to do something in you, but you were too busy thinking about something else. Yes. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of, man, I miss God sometimes. And, I, and in the times when I, mean, I have to slow down, say, you know what, God? What is your will? What is your plan for me? What is your design for me? And what is in my heart, in my mind, that is outside of that will for me that I need to get rid of? What is outside of your will for me in my life that I need to 
stop looking at, thinking about, talking about, listening to, whatever it is that I need to get rid of and say, God, do something fresh in me, something bold in me, so that it blows my mind in the way I experience you. You know, when we went from the old tube-style TVs to widescreen TVs, it was like you had to actually get a bigger living room because you had to step back and go. Or if you get too close to the movie theater, you're like, the first Transformers movie came out and we watched it in 3D and we were way too close. I was like, I was like, if I got home, I'm like whiplash. I was like, oh, my neck hurts because it was so wide and so big and I was so close to it that I couldn't experience the whole thing without turning and watching. And I believe that's how God is. God is so wide and so big that we're, we stand so close to him that sometimes we have to step back and look and say, wow, God, this is what you have for me. It's so big and it's so wide and it's so tall that it's like, it's like sitting at the front row of IMAX and you're just like, you're like eating the screen and you only see like a part of it. But when you sit in the back row and you say, God, do something in me, explain something to me, do a work in me. And then God says, you know what? Open your eyes and you see the full screen and you see what God is doing in you. But I believe that our thinking is so uh, set in a bound, uh, set in boundaries of this is how we operate as a church and this is what we're going to do as a church. Well, guess what? Have you guys ever known Sarah and I to operate in any way that would fit your normal mind of thinking? Very rarely. And we will change it up quicker than you could blink. Because you know what? We know that God is going to ask us to do something and it may work for a month two months, six months, a full season, whatever it is, but God's saying, change it up. So when God asks us to do something, Sarah and I are like, okay. We discuss it, and we say, how, do, how best do we, we do what God is asking us to do? Or how do we best meet the needs of people? How do we best reach people with the gospel? And so many times we're like, oh, well, um, well, I like this way. I did it this way. Yeah. You know, if we, if we go back and say, oh, how am I going to reach people with the gospel? And God's like, just show them I love. Show them that I love them. Show them that I care for them. But we go up and be like, do you know that that there's fire and damnation in hell and you should probably repent because the kingdom of God is at hand? Huh? It doesn't work. Because what happens is people have a mindset of God. We have a mindset of God. But what happens is people think of God as a a punisher, as as someone who is angry with us. So... When we say that, they're like, oh, you're just filling my box with more understanding of what I know of God. But God's like, if you take my love to them, if you go out and take the love that I have for them, it's going to destroy the box that they have. When God meets us in a, in a fresh way, it takes our box and basically just crushes it and destroys it and says, everything else that I did in the past is in the past, and what I'm going to do new is new. It says in Isaiah 43, it says, For I am about to do something new. I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The other one says, Oh, wrong page. There we go. It says, Waters will flow where they've never flown before. And I believe God wants to flow where he's never flown before. In our lives, in this town, in our families, everywhere that we touch, God wants to flow like he's never flown before and where he's never flown before. There are families, there are areas that are dry wastelands and God's saying, you know what, let's take my love to them. We're going to blow their mind. Let me give you something fresh, something new to experience me. And what we're going to do is we're going to take water to the wasteland and we're going to put new pathways through the wasteland. And I believe that what is, as a church, that's what we're going to do. 
as a, as a body of Christ, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take something that God has called us to do, and we're going to reach people in a unique way, a fresh way, because you know what? We can't tell people they're going to hell. People already know they're going to hell. They sense that they're going to hell. But when God says, you know what? I have a plan for you. I have a way for you. And you know what? I'm going to bring you out of death into life. People are like, what? And when you say, man, God loves you, he just thinks you're amazing, that blows their mind of how they think of God. They experience God from the square into wide screen and say, man, the love of God is as high and as wide as it's deep as I can even fathom. But God says, you know what, let me do something fresh in us. So I believe God is going to do something in all of us. And let's, we're going to finish by praying here.